I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Satan, you bow your knee. Satan, you bow your knee. You fall on your face. You fall on your face. Everybody, we've got a little thing to tell you. Um, feel Good Friday. It's today. We're we're in it, and I'm feeling good. You know why I'm feeling good, Brian and Taylor? Tell tell Please us why. Please tell us why. I am feeling good because I woke up this morning and instead of making coffee, I just sat on my on my bidet and sprayed my butthole for five minutes straight. Ice cold water, and I don't need coffee again. I think I'm getting rid of that uh, that vice. Did you put wow. caffeine water in your bidet, or is it just it's just the refreshing nature of it just really does it for you? Funny you you should ask. I actually just yeah I just hooked up my bidet straight to my um, bodum. Jared just takes pleasure in needlessly damaging our environment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Dodum. Uh, but also, uh, so I'm, I'm happy about that. That's making me feel good on this Feel Good Friday. But the other thing uh, that I'm actually feeling really good about is this whole, um, this whole CBC uh, uh, announcement that we're a part of the CBC family. And uh, holy freaking excitement. So, you know, give everyone like a little heads up. Uh, if you listen to the podcast regularly... Nothing's going to change. We're we're literally just going to be like releasing episodes every Monday and Friday, like we have been. Um, but the like official CBC launch doesn't happen until September. So, um, however, there's a man. I tell you, I tell you, guys, we started this podcast in Brian's mom's basement, and now. It is very different. <laughs> We're on the yeah, CBC. I'm in, it's, I'm in I'm in a stranger's basement recording right now. Yeah, that's yeah, you are. Yeah, people can't see that, <laughs> but you are actually. Um, um uh, guys, yeah, I, it, can I can I say that I'm I'm actually I'm I'm <laughs> genuinely really really excited to yeah, be be part of the CBC mainly because like um and I was saying this to you guys yesterday that like when we first started this out, obviously like it started as a bit of a joke and we we talk about that a lot, but our goal like pretty quickly became changing the way that people talk about what it's like to be sick. Mm. And over the last year that shifted quite a bit to like actually trying to be the facilitators for, for real change to advocate on behalf of the patient experience and to, and, and to, like I said, like 
make real change happen in healthcare and policy in Canada. And like, I feel like partnering with the CBC is an incredible opportunity to leverage that uh, relationship and, and, and make those things happen. Totally. And Hey, folks, if you don't remember, uh, last week we put out a wonderful episode about, um, about, uh, with these giant things that live in the sewer that are, it's just basically, mm. uh, it's like cooking oh, fats fuck. and tampons yeah. and, and, um, and okay. false teeth and diapers. Okay. okay. That's fine. Um, so, so we'll, I concur uh, with Brian. I concur with Brian. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the basis of any, of any great relationship <laughs> is being able to leverage each other. And I think that, um, I think that's, that we're going to be able to do great things with CBC. I did just want to say that, um, that I, Feel, I feel very happy today. I'm in a really great mood, similar to you, Jer, and for sort of similar reasons. You know why? Why is that, Ted? I got up today. I turned on all. I turned on my kitchen sink. I turned on my bathroom sink. I let the shower run. I just watched the shower run for about 10 minutes, and I flushed the toilet over and over and over again. And I just watched all that water go down the drain, and that's. I just felt really good about that. And Similar to your bidet story. Yeah, and you know what? You uh, The reason you did that was that because you were trying to just... Make sure that if there were any fatbergs under your under your apartment, you you were just kind of trying to flush it out. Yep, and oh. just use all the, oh, as man. much water as I could. Fucking fatbergs. We should make it. We should make an effort to um, talk about fatbergs zero more times oh, from I, now on. Oh boys, this is my TikTok. <laughs> this is my TikTok. It, it is, is your TikTok. Is I my, was going to say that. Yeah, this is my TikTok. So anyway, uh, so so what's happening is uh, I was trying to say that um, there's a lot of work that we need to do on the back end to ensure that this uh, this transition into uh, our new partnership with CBC goes nice and smoothly. And that means in terms of, you know, all of our episodes being transferred over to a different uh, yada, yada, yada. It's a bunch of technical uh, mumbo jumbo. And so um, we are going to take the next couple of weeks to cool our jets, to uh, step away from the mics and to uh, get this, get this work all done. Uh, Which means we've already recorded episodes that, bring us right into October. So you're, you're not going to really notice anything different. But the only thing you will notice is that this week and next week for our Feel Good Friday episodes, uh, we're just not going to have our like our, our you know, 30 minute um, hanging out with the host segment. And we're just going to go right into our conversations with our guests. Um, so I guess you did get a little bit of a, you know, a little five minute hangout with the three of us this week. But next week, we'll just push it right into our conversation with our guest. And then, and then once September hits back to regular scheduled programming. Um, and we can't wait to see you, uh, after, after Labor Day or whatever, whatever. Is that a, is that, is that so, a thing in the U S like, is Labor Day uh, a thing in the U S I don't know. I feel like we just follow the U S on a lot of things. Yeah, so probably, they probably like started it. What's the deal with not wearing white after Labor Day? I think that's a, I think it's just I think a religious thing. I think it's just something people say. I think it's a religious thing because it's always technically it's always technically after Labor Day. I feel like I'm not any closer to the answer after both unless of you the Earth is flat. Yeah, it's always after Labor Day. That's right. Yep. Okay. So, uh, so enjoy this. Actually, I, I do want to I want to like throw us into this conversation um, because this was this is one of those conversations that. Uh, uh, personally speaking for myself, and, and I think I could probably speak for Brian and Taylor too, this was one of those conversations where I came out of it on the other end with a lot of, I felt like I had a lot of tools added to my tool belt. And and we only scratched the surface with uh, our guest, Melanie, 
Um, this is this is probably just as as good, maybe just as good as the Fatberg conversation. A hundred percent more relatable to <clears throat> what we usually do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we talked to Mel- Melanie Sperling uh, all about healthy relationships. And uh, Melanie uh, is coming from an organization called One Love Foundation. They do fucking amazing work. And if you want to uh, check out the work that they do, check out the link in the show notes. Um, this is all about um, taking tangible and actionable steps to learn how to love properly, to learn how to how to cultivate healthy relationships and um you know, going through a recent breakup, I was I was in this episode just going, wow, 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 wow. The, the wow. other thing I would say really quickly is that I feel like Sick Boy as an entity cultivated a really healthy relationship with One Love as an entity. And I feel like there will be more relationship conversations that come from this. I believe it was the beginning of, what's that, what's that quote? I have a feeling beautiful this, friendship. The journey that's of a, it. That's of a, right. Of a thousand miles begins with a single step. <laughs> that's it. So that's written on my wall in cursive writing. Uh, enjoy this episode, uh, folks. We we love all of you, especially our patrons. Um, we love you more than everyone else, just a little bit. And uh, and that's a healthy relationship thing to say. And so we hope you enjoy this conversation. And we will again be back with the regular scheduled programming for our Feel Good Friday episodes as of September. Um, So glad you're on this journey with us. Really, really grateful. And uh, enjoy our conversation with Melanie Sperling. Mel, where where are you uh, you calling us from? I'm in Boston. Hell yeah. Yeah. I love Boston. you like Boston? Yeah. Oh, good. I was there. I was there in... um, in the fall of last year to go see a, uh, one of my favorite bands, Big Thief, Didn't at the Wilbur. Okay. And cool. uh, it was just a lovely okay. show. But that same night, I was like, wow, I don't feel good. And the next day, I mm-hmm. took an emergency flight home. Mm-hmm. Patient zero COVID. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but I mean, fucking might as well have been. I had really severe pneumonia and I got hospitalized. Wow. Uh, like immediately, wow. But Anyway, oh. that's my cool story. Brian, what okay, do you I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, it was a great time. Boston, it's, why did you do this I know, to me? Boston. I'm like, I feel like I should <laughs> yeah. apologize or something. Yeah. It, Boston it gave me pneumonia. It was weird oh, how you prefaced yeah. that by being like, I love Boston. Here's this traumatic ex- <laughs> experience. You know what, I had. though? It, I, it couldn't have happened in a better city, I don't think, because it was just, I felt so at home. I, I feel at home at Boston. Boston makes me feel, I don't know, I just love that city. There's like a Boston. Uh, Halifax connection, isn't there? There most certainly is. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. Uh, Halifax explosion. There was uh, Boston yep. gave us gave us uh, helped us out. Yeah, and so we, we give, give Boston every Christmas year. Tree. We give them a giant fucking Christmas tree. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I did not know that. You didn't know this? Oh yeah. No, it's I like had no like, idea. Yeah. yeah Whatever the like, I main that tree is like for Christmas, like I mean, I'm thinking of the Boston equivalent of like the Rockefeller Center tree. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We give that. That we, comes we, out of our We gift ass. that to you every year. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, yeah, I, have great. A, I have a it personal it, hand in Don't it. mention it. Honestly, <laughs> so, don't mention it. But you actually don't it's have fine. to thank us because it's actually our thank you to you for your help during the Hellbex explosion. Yeah, but it was so a long time ago. We're so kind I mean, of indebted like, for you. Thank you for saying for thank life. you. <laughs> have the scales tipped a little bit? I mean, we've given a lot of trees. Sorry, sorry. What is happening right now? You know what? This is a great 
great segue into Melanie. All the, the this is a the, you know what's happening here. This is a really healthy relationship between Nova Scotia mm-hmm. and between Boston. Mm. You know, between the three of us and our new friend here, Melanie, really and healthy relationships is like kind of your thing as well, Mel. Uh, yeah. Why don't you tell us about um, about One Love or One Love Foundation and what what is One Love? Yeah. So uh, thank you for asking. Let me jump into that. So. The, as you guys know, the quality of our relationships is really defined by, um, the quality of our life is really defined by the quality of our relationships, but we're never really taught how to love, right? So there is sex ed in, in some schools, definitely not all schools, but that's really different than relationship health education. So One Love is working mm. to ensure that everyone is equipped with the tools to know how to have healthy relationships and therefore a really full life. So One Love was actually created in 2010 um, when a girl named Yardley Love, who was a senior at the University of Virginia, was unfortunately killed by her ex-boyfriend. Oh, um wow. Yeah, and it made uh, national news, and there were there were actually a lot of signs that her friends had seen that something was off, but they'd never really connected the dots on those signs, and um, they didn't have the language to put those signs together to understand that these behaviors could lead to something really tragic. Mm-hmm. So after her death, Yardley's family began to look into relationship abuse, which was an issue that they'd never thought about. You know, domestic violence did not affect their lives. They didn't think to ever look into it or ever have a reason to. Um, But looking into the statistics, they learned that one in three women, one in four men, and one in two trans or non-binary people will be in in an abusive relationship in their lifetime. So that is a huge percentage of the population. Um, And actually girls ages 16 to 24 are at a three times greater risk um, of experiencing abuse. Um, I think something that's really interesting is only 33% of teenagers who have been in an abusive relationship ever talk to anybody about it. So it is an issue that is um, incredibly silent. Mm. Um, So at One Love, our mission is to educate young people about healthy and unhealthy relationship behaviors and really empower them to be leaders driving change in their communities. So we have a train the trainer model where we train young people and people in communities to run workshops with their friends, with their peers, with their students, with their sports teams, um, to understand the difference between healthy and unhealthy love. Um, and I think it's it's especially important because um, relationship abuse is, is super misunderstood. So yeah. people think that it's not their problem if it's not directly directly happening to them or affecting them. And then, you know, movies and TV shows and pop culture, they, they really, are sending the wrong signs of what healthy love is. Mm. Um, and so at One Love, we believe love is learned and are trying to teach that. I was going to ask how you, how do you define an abusive relationship? Because, you know, I think, I think a lot of people think of abusive relationships um, as, as they, they immediately think of physical abuse, but um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot more than just that. How do you, how do you define yeah. that? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So abusive relationships all tie back to power and control. So it's con- it's consistently one or both partners trying to have power and control over the other um, and doing unhealthy behaviors, whether that is emotional abuse or physical abuse or sexual abuse. 
um, that lead to, you know, that really destructive relationship. I think what's really interesting is that domestic, there's a, a stigma around talking about domestic violence um, and even relationship violence, but people really engage in this conversation when we t talk about it in terms of healthy and unhealthy relationship behaviors, mm. because you can be in a really healthy relationship and still do unhealthy things like you can still work to love better and so that's something we're really focused on is is talking to young people about relationship health in a way that is focused on prevention so preventing um this escalation into relationship abuse mm -hmm. i really love that i love that uh that that idea of of love is is a learned skill mm -hmm. you know like what i i and and that really resonates with me and i think it it, you know, we, we've always said, especially on this podcast, like the three of us have always talked a lot about how, um, you know, effective, like meaningful communication is also a learned skill. Like it's something that yeah. we, it's something that a, we like, we're not really taught and it's something that yeah. you, you have to, you sort of have to navigate through life and try to hone that skill on your own because yeah. it's this. I don't know. It's like it's not this tangible thing. It's that, really abstract. That, yeah, it's it's kind of abstract, and yeah, you know, it's it, so to to see that there's somebody out there who also recognizes that, like, hey, this this one thing, like this one thing that every fucking song that's ever been made yeah. that's good is about this, you yeah. know, love. This one thing that's everywhere. Everywhere. We we also don't know we don't know how to do it unless we actually like practically take mm -hmm. you know the steps to learn how to do it properly and and it's you know i look at myself and i go i'm a, i think i'm a really i think i'm a, a like a, a fairly good person and mm -hmm. i think i have a really large capacity to love but i literally i just got out of a relationship like i ju I, 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 a, a three-year-long relationship just ended for me and i look back at that three years and i go wow i was a dick like mm -hmm. i was there was a lot of really awful parts of me that came out within those three years. And like, okay, what do I do now? Like, what do I do yeah. now to, to like unpack and unlearn whatever, you know, mm. habits kind of came yeah. up over those past three years. It's, it's such like a weird thing. The root skill it's is a, like reflection. Like if you have mm -hmm. a root skill of being able to reflect, then you can get, then you can get what you need out of those three years. Like the good things mm. and the bad things and, mm -hmm. and how you move forward and yeah. how that affects the relationships that you have in the future. Melanie, how, like, how does it work from your end though? Like, is it, is it are we talking like, um, are we talking actual, like, like, are they, are they online courses or is it? Great question. Yeah. So what we do is we create workshops that pair video clips, anywhere from 30 second video clips to a 40 minute film with guided discussions. And so we bring those workshops, the film plus the discussion, to schools and community groups and people across the country. And cool. anyone can be trained to facilitate these conversations. So we believe we um, are experts and work with experts to create the workshops and the training as a way to train non-experts to have these conversations. Because when you think about it, when you're having any relationship 
problems, when you're even having good things about your relationship, who are you talking to? You're talking to your friends. You're talking to your peers. You're not calling an expert and chatting to them about <laughs> like, an argument you had with your partner that day. Yeah, right. um, and so we really believe that One Love is a toolkit. It's a toolkit that help, gives people a language. It helps them understand um, the healthy and unhealthy things that they do, that their partner does, and, and really just be intentional. Have those things top of mind. Like, Jeremy, what you say about reflecting in the past three years, um, we all do that. We all look back and we're like, whoa, like we could have done that differently. We could have done that that differently. But we're not usually thinking of it at the moment um, because it's just not top of mind for us that, um, you know, it's interesting. We think about our, our mental health a lot and we think about our physical health a lot, but we don't really think about our relational health and how that's something to be constantly working out and stretching and improving the way we think about um, other forms of self, self-care self and physical it's, health. It, it, reminds, <clears throat> it reminds me of like the way that I, like I, it, relationships and the way they grow remind me of my nephew and he's four. And, you know, like looking at, uh, at Hudson from the moment that he was like this bean that literally just like slipped out of my sister and came yeah. into the world and like I could almost hold him in the palm of my fucking hand mm-hmm. and then and then attending his fourth birthday last week where he's he's like like scaling up a steep slide on his feet and I'm going whoa 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 how did we get from here to here like yeah. I, 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 I you don't see it it's a, it's such a gradual but consistent mm-hmm. growing thing and you it 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 almost you, it's like you you got to look back you got to look back at the photos you got to look back at the proof that there that there was this change it just you, you, it's yeah. again it's like when you get a you know a puppy or something you just you don't you don't notice it growing you right don't notice and so we're trying to be yeah and so we're trying to be really intentional so for instance um, every all of our workshops everything we've do, we do and we've we've had um, over 1.1 million students participate in in-person workshops and then over 85 million people participate on our on we also have online um, tools um, but everything ties back to our 10 signs so we have 10 signs of a healthy relationship and 10 signs of an unhealthy relationship and all of our tools tie back into those 10 signs and so what we're trying to do is create this national common language um, for for those signs so that when someone experiences intensity or manipulation or guilting, they have the language of what to call that. And it's not just, you know, something felt off. I don't know what it is. I'm sure I'm overreacting. It's not a big deal. Mm. Let's move past it. Is, is it important to, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about, so like you were just talking about um, 10 signs of a healthy relationship or, or an unhealthy relationship. And I think of the way that relationships and love specifically are portrayed in the media mm-hmm. and it's like this thing that is like so pure and perfect and uh, and seemingly unattainable at sometimes and yep. when i think of like kind of this blanket idea of of like the perfect relationship you know oftentimes and maybe a hundred percent of the time that doesn't exist like there are parts of your yep. relationship that need more work than others and and <clears throat> I'm I'm kind of like tying this in my head to this conversation that we recently had about taking a proactive approach to your mental health. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining that the workshops that uh, you offer through One Lover are, are similar to that. Like, can anybody go in and take away 
lessons or learnings from these sessions and apply them to their own relationships, yes. whether they identify as having a quote unquote healthy relationship or, or being part 100%. of an unhealthy one? Yeah, it's a great question. A hundred percent. So in these workshops, you'll watch um, a couple go through something on film. So it's, it's giving that baseline for young people to start that conversation. So you can say, okay, like Paige in this scene um, did this. Like, what do you think she was thinking when she did that? So it's this really open and guided discussion. And people always bring it back to themselves, to their own relationships, to their friend re- friends' relationships. Um, so it's, it's not only training people to have healthy, healthier relationships for themselves, but it's training them to have healthier conversations with friends who may need support on their relationships. Because right. friends mean well, but oftentimes we give the wrong advice because we, we haven't been taught... Um, like what is healthy. We're just looking at the media or other forms of love that mm-hmm. could be sending the wrong message. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at um, like when, when you mentioned, what was the stat about young people? It was like young girls are one, like three times more likely to be yeah. in, a, in a, in an abusive relationship. Um, yeah. Like when I, and I'm sure we all, we, whether we've been in the relationship ourselves or we could see it clear as day in high school, especially like when, when you are at a young age like that and you're all like mm-hmm. you're, you're you're grouped with with hundreds of people every day and you're not you're not sequestered into your work environment or your home environment as much as you are as an adult and i mean i just remember seeing so many relationships where i where those relationships are like break up get back together break up get yeah. back together and you're just going oh my god the thing that i saw at that party last weekend was so horrific and now yeah. they're like holding each other and kissing, you know, outside the front doors of the school. And you're going, how does this, how does this happen? How does, how, how, how do you have this blow up where there's clearly this manipulate, some type of manipulation. And then mm-hmm. there's this get, getting back to get like breaking up and getting back together cycle. Do, is there, is there anything that's like at the, and, and, and then I guess if that's a, if that's something that you engage in as a, as a kid, a kid, quote mm-hmm. unquote kid, a young adult, that carries or more likely to carry through into relationships as an adult. Mm-hmm. Is For there sure. anything, is there anything in that that's like, that's universal where, yes. where you're going, where you're going, okay, like when this shit happens and I'm assuming this ties into the 10 signs you were talking about yeah. when this happens, like this is a, this is a good sign of to, to work on this or to, to yeah. get away from that. What, what's going on there? Yeah. So it's a really common sign in unhealthy relationships that there is this breaking up and getting back together and breaking up and getting back together. And I think oftentimes people confuse unhealthy passion for passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and they feel that if we have these high highs and these low lows, it just means that we love each other with such a passion that other people can't understand when in fact, healthy passion doesn't look like that. Healthy passion looks like you can have healthy communication. You can talk about what was bothering you. There aren't these big, big blow ups. Um, because often what happens is people, you know, have this big blow up and they break up rashly and then they ignore it and brush it under the rug and decide, let's just forget about it and get back together. And they never actually have a conversation about what that big blow up was about. Um, so yes, that form of, 
breaking up and getting back together is a sign of, of unhealthy passion. Um, and if it's, if it's helpful, we can get into some of the 10 signs specifically if you guys yeah. want to yeah. go this ahead feels like a fun, This feels like my therapy session, but yes, <laughs> let's do this. Cool. Let's do it. it but is I it always? Like, isn't I'm, 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 I'm sitting here and I'm going, unhealthy passion. Yeah. 100%. But that's <laughs> the thing that. is we all do these unhealthy things. Yeah, and we, totally. And like, it's not yeah. something to feel ashamed about. It's not no. something to be like, shit, no. I'm a bad person. No, yeah. it's like. Yeah, of course we all do these unhealthy things. We were never taught anything I never otherwise. took Love 101 in but, high school. Yeah, like, the problem no. is when you sweep like, it under And sometimes it can be and sometimes it. it can be this like very overt crazy thing and sometimes it can be very very mm-hmm. very nuanced very and like nuanced and, yeah. and just something yes. that yeah. upon reflection you go, "Oh man, maybe I could have handled that better and whatever." Yeah, but also think about how early we're learning these how early we're learning these signs. Like I have a I have a niece who's 5 years old and um, the other day, her our neighbor, her friend said to her, um, like, you have to swing on the swing this way or you can't come over to my house for lunch today. And my niece, you know, you see her look over and then just start crying like this friend was trying to tell her, you have to do this or you can't be my friend. And then those types of behaviors, those controlling mm. behaviors, which our neighbor's a great little girl. It's not that she's a, a bad girl. She's a great kid, but we learn these behaviors of wanting to control someone or of jealousy. If, you know, Mm. if you go to her house today, you can't be my friend anymore. We learn these behaviors in friendships at such an early age, starting at three, four or five years old. And then it's those same unhealthy behaviors that we then bring into our romantic relationship. So it's Mm. no wonder that, um, you know, control and jealousy and these other behaviors are they don't just start when we start dating or hooking up with people. They start so much earlier and yeah. become ingrained in us. And so a part of our work is really getting people back to trusting their gut. You know, when you have that gut feeling of like, oh, something's off here, but then you just minimize it. You're like, eh, I'm sure I'm being sensitive. I'm sure it's not a big deal. They just had a stressful day. That's why they yelled at me or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at One Love, we're really trying to teach people like when you have a gut reaction that something is off, really listen to that and assess like, why is that? Because your gut mm. is, is probably right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of like, it was, you were saying that in, as you know, learning these, not learning these behaviors, but having these behaviors at, at an early age, like the example you gave about your niece. And then, and then also thinking, you know, some of these behaviors that be, that uh, end up being very toxic for healthy, for, toxic for relationships Mm-hmm. are also sometimes behaviors that are really celebrated is maybe not the right word, but effective in business and mm-hmm. in like career, like being really career oriented. Like they can be, they can be things that's like, you know, that person's, that person's really cutthroat. That person's really ruthless. That person yeah. knows how to, how to, how to get their way or get what they want. And, and, and then, you know, is there, is there any, is there any, um, is there any knowledge around, around, taking that, having that be effective in, in, you know, maybe in sometimes the right ways and sometimes the wrong ways in business or in, in a career, career life, and then carrying those over into relationships mm-hmm. and not realizing that there's like kind of a wall there that shouldn't be crossed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially given your position at work, like if you are the boss at work or if you are the lowest down on the totem pole at work, you may have specific behaviors or inclinations that you then take home into a partnership that is meant to be equal, but that you aren't treating that way because most of your day at work, 
you're the one who has all the power. You're the one who doesn't have any of the power. So yeah, it's really complicated. And again, I think that's why open conversations about all of this stuff with mm. partners, with friends, doing that, that learning is so important so that it's so it comes back to intentionality so that you can be really intentional about what is the role I play in this partnership? What does that equality look like here? And yes, that's different than maybe my persona at work. And that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm lying or living a double life, but it's just being really intentional about we all play different roles, even in different friendships or in different relationships or whether it's with a parent or with a friend or with a sibling. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely complicated, but something to be intentional about. How, how long I, has, I also have, think just have you guys been note, around? Jared, Jared, just one sec, but I wanted to stay on that note for just oh one second because I, I also, and we don't have to dive into this any, any further than we have already, but I find that that, Taylor, you've highlighted an important problem with workplace culture as well. Mm -hmm. And the fact that those things are celebrated there. And yeah. in my opinion, some of the work that I've been doing outside of this podcast um, it's becoming increasingly cre increasingly, and increasingly more apparent that these are um, problems with workplace culture. The fact mm -hmm. that we celebrate these things that don't actually um, fit into the way that we have been biologically developed to support one another and be part of a, a global community of human beings. So anyway, we can talk about that on another day, but, but I would yeah. greatly challenge that those are the ways that things mm -hmm. should be done in the work in yeah. workplace yeah, as well. Hundred percent. How long has one found one love foundation been kicking around? So we were technically created in 2010 after Yardley's death, but it wasn't actually until 2014 that we hired our first staff member, began to create workshops. So mm. we've really been going um, since 2014. Okay, so. <clears throat> How has like how how much has COVID shook up the world of relationships from where you guys are standing and what you see? Like you know, like that was one of the first things that I thought yeah. about when COVID happened. I think Brian, you and I might have had a we went into the the Halifax Central Library uh, maybe about a month before COVID like busted out. And we sat down with the CEO of the library and we, we just had like a little meeting with her and she was this like lovely woman. And one of the things that she brought up to us that I had never really thought about was like the importance of <clears throat> the importance of these public spaces like the Halifax Central Library and the role that they play for the community in, in all these different aspects. And, and one of the ways that she was talking about was like, offering a safe space for someone who might be mm -hmm. in a tricky position at home, whether that's a child yeah. with like abusive parents or, you know, someone who's in an abusive, in an abusive relationship. And then COVID hits and, yeah. you know, in Halifax up here, it was like, stay in your homes. Don't fucking leave your house. You can't go mm -hmm. anywhere. The library's shut down. Everything's shut down. And I, I just remember like thinking about how, how how hard that must have been for a lot of people yep at home you know like a lot of a lot of like domestic relationships that might not have fared too well being mm -hmm. in the same house for that much mm -hmm. time um can you speak to to covid and like how for sure how much that's kind of like rocked the world of 
of One Love Foundation and what you guys have seen? In so many ways, in so many ways. So I would say first at the highest level, so there are new estimates from the UN Population Fund that suggest that three months of quarantine have resulted in a 20% rise in intimate partner violence throughout the world. So that's an estimate. But in total, the report predicts that at least 15 million additional cases of intimate partner violence will will occur because of lockdown. So why oh is God. that? Um, kind of to some things you touched upon, there's increased isolation, there's more stress, economic uncertainty, people losing jobs, being at home with, you know, kids or family members, being, being um, sales of alcohol have gone way up and that, that contributes to that as well. So then when we think of COVID, there are, it's funny, there are partners who are living together and all the stressors that come with that. So, you know, anxiety about health and differences and how people want to social distance and working from home and all of those things. And then there are pressures on new dating partners. So kind of like a pressure to, should they move in before they're ready? Um, you know, there are the pressures of single people who are trying to date during social distancing and like what that means and what feels ethical to them based on, you know, who else they're living with. And then there are long distance partners who are stuck apart, who are feeling either, we don't know when we're going to be back together. We don't know if it's safe to get on a plane. How are we going to communicate through this? So no matter what situation you're in, whether you're single, living with your partner in a long distance relationship, whatever it is, you're in a really tough, everyone's in a really tough position. Yeah. It's just a really difficult time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people are, you know, figuring out how to communicate in ways that are, are helping and everyone's everyone is dealing with um, their own mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and then that bleeds into relationships. So um, during COVID, I think, you know, we can, we can look into these actually, we can start diving into these 10 signs and understand how those look, but also how they look in COVID specifically, which I think totally, could be yeah, helpful. that'd be great. So, so first I'll just tell you the 10 signs and then we can dive into, into yeah. a few of them more deeply. So cool. the 10 signs of an unhealthy relationship are intensity, manipulation, sabotage, guilting, deflecting responsibility, possessiveness, isolation, belittling, volatility, and betrayal. Every time I list them, it sounds like more than 10, but I promise you that that was, that was 10. Um, and so then I'm, the I'm impressed how you just uh, riddled those off like that. That's that's great. Sounds um, like the reason I watched from a list. I watched no, I have those written down. I have <laughs> yeah. them written down. I always have them. They're just up. I'm like, I need to. I always have them up. It's all good. Um, I'll cut that out, Melanie, and it'll make it sound like you really fucking nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> right, off, right, right off the top of that. Yeah. No, doing it from heart. I don't trust myself. Um, so then the 10 signs of a healthy relationship are comfortable pace, honesty, respect, kindness, healthy conflict, trust, independence, equality, taking responsibility, and fun. Um, so let's dive into how some of those look in COVID. Does that work yeah. for you yeah, guys? Yeah, please, yeah. Okay, so one of the first ones that comes to mind for me is guilting. So guilting is when someone makes you feel responsible for their actions or makes you feel like it's your job to keep them happy. So in COVID, this can look like making someone feel bad for having conversations around setting boundaries around shared living space, um, or especially with the increase of people being stuck apart, expecting someone to be okay, sending or receiving explicit photos. Um, 
So I think, you know, we're seeing guilting during COVID in, in many different ways. Mm. Um, I think one other thing that's, um, have you guys heard of Esther Perel? She's a, oh, yeah. yeah, she's like my hero. Yeah. She's everything. I know. Yeah. Same. She is everything. But, um, <laughs> she has this, this one line that she says a lot, which is that, um, essentially people turn to, to often one person to be everything, to be their lover, their emotional support, their, um, you know, sexually fulfilling, their community, their, you know, professional support, everything. When in fact, like your partner or partners are, they're just one aspect of the rest of your Mm -hmm. lives. And I think during COVID, what we've seen is, especially if you're living with your partner, you're expecting them to be your everything because you're stuck together all the time. And and that's just not healthy. So um, that's that's kind of where I think guilting can come in. But I'm curious what you guys think about that or how you how yeah, you've well, seen it, those types of things. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. Like it, it and I, she might. I, is that is that from mating in captivity where she talks about that? I I anyway, I think she also goes goes on to like to elaborate on that by saying, or maybe I, maybe I just thought about this after, after <clears throat> hearing Esther talk about that, but it's like, think about your friends as well. Right. So, yeah, you know, you have the friends in your life that, you know, like I know if I'm having, um, if I'm having feelings of like, of, uh, of wanting to reach out to a friend to talk about the fact that I'm feeling like, um, low in self-confidence. Like I know I'll reach out to Taylor or Brian and, Mm -hmm. and like talk that through with them. And, and I know that they'll be there to support me with that. Um, but if I want to reach out and talk to a friend about, you know, something else that I'm having an issue with that is, that is very different from that. Maybe Brian and Taylor aren't the, aren't the friends that I would actually go to for that because they don't, they don't fulfill that role. Mm-hmm. We 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 do that in all of our relationships. We have like the people, our go tos for certain things, but like we know that that's not the kind of thing we would go to for them, for yep. reasons that you know. There's other people that exist that fill that role, and but yet we sit here and we we expect our significant other to fill all to fill all of those roles, which is. Setting up for failure. It's, it's setting yeah. up for just to have an unhealthy it's, relationship. Because yeah. those expectations are, are really unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, and, like, and I suppose I never really thought about it that way from from like in terms of COVID about how, you know, maybe maybe someone in the past wasn't really seeing their significant other in that way, but then all of a sudden they're kind of like imprisoned mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. home. Yeah. And they can't leave, and and they're spending way more time with this one particular person. And when those things come up, that seem like, you know, it seems like that's the only option. Because they're right there. Because they're right there. Yeah. When, and I uh, think kind of the flip side of that, actually, that I want to mention is um, whether it's whether it's friends coming to us or a partner coming to us with like concerns or what's on their mind. I think we're very quick to want to fix the problem or offer a solution or, or again, just fix their problem. When I think what everyone needs right now in COVID is for someone to just listen to them and say, yeah, it sucks. That Mm. just sucks. It's horrible. 
Absolutely. It's a shitty situation. And I think, again, because we are trained in this world where it's like, go, 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 be productive, find the solution, moving forward. I think what everyone needs right now, again, in COVID is just to be listened to and just to mm-hmm. sit with, you don't have to solve my problem. Just listen to what I'm saying and like, tell me that it sucks and we can sit with that together and that's fine. Um, and so I think that's something that we all need to be doing again, when it comes to either us going to a partner for something or them coming to us, just really listening and sitting with that and not expecting that we are the one to solve the problem or that they are the one to solve the problem. I'm, uh, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about guilt, um, and, and, and thinking about how, how sometimes, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about, um, we talk almost exclusively about like illness, whether it's physical or mental. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about, thinking about how, how, um, how like mental health plays into, plays into, um, the idea of the idea of guilt in the way that I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of a couple of, of, of some like situations in my head where, whether I've asked, um, it's not my, not my partner, but a friend, but, but some friends where you, you might ask them to do something, um, whether it's, you know, to do you a favor or to, to just to hang out and they can't, but they, but they want to say yes so that they, mm-hmm. so they make this accommodation for you and you're going, and you can kind of tell in the way that they respond that like it's an, in, it's an inconvenience, but they're doing, and you're, and I'm yeah. kind of like, oh no, like we don't, I was just asking like the intention yeah. is, the intention is, is not the intention from the. <laughs> from the side that ends up being the guilter. Guilting. Well, I think it's happening in COVID a lot where. Sorry, Tay. Maybe you even, maybe you even find yourself like, I found myself in situations where I'm quarantining pretty strictly because my sister just had a baby and, and I'm with her. And so I'm quarantining strictly, but I've seen some friends outside. Um, and then, you know, either it'll get dark or it'll get buggy and people want to move inside. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to be the person to be like, no, I can't come inside. But also, no, I can't come inside, yeah. at which mm-hmm. point I need to leave. And so it's kind of this unintentional guilting where it's like it's just the situation of co- it, it creates a lot of mm-hmm. complications. But, yeah, I think guilting can happen unintentionally. Sometimes we put it on ourselves. Sometimes we put it on friends and we don't mean to. But you know, the impact is that it's there. Yeah. And which can create a, which then, then like unbeknownst to you, it creates a pattern, Mm. creates a pattern of, of, of saying yes, maybe when, Mm -hmm. when really, and and it it, kind of sets that precedent. And now saying, saying no is saying no is a letdown Mm. rather than a, rather than a, (laughs) Hey, that makes sense. And I'm glad that you, feel comfortable just it, saying I, this is I think it speaks it to the I think it speaks to the fact and to the importance of like being comfortable with setting and and respecting boundaries mm-hmm. and it which is something that like we don't off I mean it may maybe 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 it is something that a lot of people I don't really know I I know that that's something that like comes up a lot in my own like romantic and intimate relationships <clears throat> that that discussion of boundaries mm-hmm. um but like even i mean i i ra- rarely do i ever associate that with my relationships outside of romance mm-hmm. you know this idea of setting boundaries with friends or setting boundaries within within the workplace or um and it it's like it's i feel like it's one of those things that a lot of us n- could really use is that 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 skill at 
being really comfortable with boundaries, you know? Yeah. Sick Boy Podcast, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. I was going to ask about the 10 signs of healthy and unhealthy yeah. relationships at, at large because I'm, as, I, as I heard you list those out, um, there, are, there are moments, I'm, I'm an overthinker for sure. I mm-hmm. overanalyze things and I, and I beat myself up about things all the time, um, which is part of the reason why I want to go to therapy and, and figure mm-hmm. out why I treat myself that way. But when I hear you list out those unhealthy signs there are elements of that that i can see um me doing in my relationship situationally like there's there's pieces of those things where i go oh fuck sometimes i do that i need to be more conscientious about that but then there's also signs of the on the on the healthy side i identify with all of those too and and i i'm curious how you understand when an unhealthy moment or because nobody's perfect so we're all going to have these times where we do these things where in reflection as as jerry mentioned you can look back and go fuck i did that thing and i want to be better because of that at what point did these unhealthy signs or unhealthy experiences become problematic in relationships it's a great question so the way that we view that line is all comes back to communication. So we all do unhealthy things. We all experience unhealthy things. The, the key to if your relationship is healthy or if it's in a lot of trouble is when an unhealthy thing happens, can you have a conversation with your partner on it about it and call them out? Can you say, look, what you just said made me feel really uncomfortable. I feel like you're deflecting responsibility. <laughs> it felt disrespectful. So first, do you feel comfortable doing that? And second, are they receptive? Are they saying, oh my gosh, that was not my intent, but I understand that that was the impact and I'm really sorry. I'm going to be really intentional about that moving forward. And do you see them either changing their behavior or truly working to change their behavior? That to me is something where it's like, yeah, we all do unhealthy things. We all need to learn to better call them out in ourselves and in others and have conversations about them and actually focus on improvement. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like in a healthy way. In an unhealthy situation, either you're afraid to even approach your partner about it because you feel like they're going to think I'm just being sensitive or they're going to belittle me in some way. Or you bring it to them and they say, why are you even bringing that up to me? That's not a big deal. I can't believe you overreacted about that. Like, that's so Mm -hmm. stupid. And they don't even want to focus on how you're feeling or changing that behavior. So to me, that is the major difference of we all do unhealthy things. Can we catch ourselves? Can we openly communicate with our partner or partners about them? And like, do we see things at least working to change? Or is our concern not even being heard, listened to, or cared about? So to me, that's what kind of those differences are. Right. And I think that that uh, that just brings up so many 
thoughts and, and questions in my mind. And like one of the things I think is like, oh man, I, like I, pre- I, I preface that question by saying I'm an overthinker, but like maybe mm-hmm. one of the things I need to say is like, hey, this is how I experience the world. And, and you know, that's okay. I need support in, you know, allowing me to feel, I need to be more supportive of myself and allowing me to feel mm-hmm. those things at the same time. But then I think that the thing is, is that it's not, the blame can never be put on one person. Like, like mm-hmm. you said, this is all about communication. This is all about yeah. how we work together to resolve these things. So if somebody's feeling something, you need to hear them out on that. And, and it's not like one person can't solve the problems in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It has to be yeah. two people working together to do it. Yeah. And so maybe that, that kind of brings me to a few different signs, one of which is ma- manipulation. And, and so that's the unhealthy sign. And a, and also a healthy sign of healthy conflict. Um, so manipulation, because this is kind of the opposite of what you're talking about. What you're talking about is we do unhealthy th- unhealthy things. How can we work and improve those? Whereas manipulation is when someone intentionally tries to control your decisions or actions or emotions. Mm. So in COVID, that can you that can look like using shelter in place to prevent someone from leaving a location. Um, it can mean pressuring someone to, to meet up despite social distancing or meeting someone outside and then pressuring them to move inside or take off their mask. And a really important um, part of manipulation is something called gaslighting, um, which is a form of emotional abuse where a person makes you doubt yourself or question your own account of an incident. And it can be super harmful because it makes you question your own sanity, which can lead Mm. to anxiety. Mm. Um, So this is something, you know, this, this kind of form of manipulation and gaslighting is something that I think has increased during COVID. Um, because again, we're all kind of questioning, am I overreacting? Am I not overreacting? Are they overreacting? Mm -hmm. And then there are also so many nuances. So like in the LGBTQ community, manipulation can look like playing into someone's internalized homophobia or discomfort around their sexuality to try and influence their behaviors or trying to convince someone to either stay in the closet or come out. And those things are, are becoming even more difficult now that people maybe at home with their family and maybe their family isn't respecting their sexual identity or gender identity. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe you feel, you know, trapped without a community. So I think these forms of manipulation, especially as people are themselves having more issues with mental health can be coming out more now because oftentimes when, you know, when we are unhealthy ourselves, we project unhealthy behaviors onto those around us, Mm. whether intentionally or unintentionally. And, and there's also, and when I think about manipulation as well, I think a lot of the times I I see it I see it as intentional, and then mm-hmm. there's like there's other forms of manipulation where where I it it seems like it's like it's like somebody knows that the desired outcome their desired outcome they'll achieve their desired outcome if they do this thing. If yeah. they manipulate, and they don't even necessarily know that they're manipulating. Well, it's like the little girl. Really they're just it's like the, the little ends. girl like, across the street. Yeah, the you know that's right. that yeah, that's right. If you do, if you swing this way, you can't yeah. come in. Yeah, right. She doesn't. She has no fucking clue. She doesn't that's know. What she's doing. And but that's you, why you do that same thing as adults. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's why that's why this conversation and creating a language around these ten signs mm. nationally that everyone can come back to. Mm-hmm. That shared language is so important because otherwise we can't call these things out when we see them, and we can't even notice them in ourselves if we don't mm. have the language 
language to talk about them. So mm-hmm. um, I think kind of the, the healthy relationship behavior that's really key here is healthy conflict, which is mm-hmm. openly and respectfully discussing issues and confronting disagreements non-judgmentally. So mm. that means setting boundaries with others and approaching a conversation with patience and care. Like this boundary setting on so many levels, expressing your needs and listening to other people's needs mm-hmm. and being open and candid about how you're feeling about things is super important and oftentimes um we don't take the time to be intentional about this healthy conflict and either we think okay things need to be going perfectly and smoothly or we're fighting and there is no in between of this yeah. healthy conflict mm-hmm. that's something that i'm really grateful for um between our relationship with you taylor you and me and brian <clears throat> like we i feel like we i love you guys i love, I you, love you guys i, I feel love I, I i feel like we have a pretty good a pretty good grasp on on healthy conflict with one another. Mm-hmm. And we are I quite good appreciate at it. you for that. So, yeah. And I Melanie, think. I appreciate you for, <laughs> Thanks, for guys. taking the time to, to, to go through this stuff with mm-hmm. us. I it, honestly, I feel like we, you know, we're coming up to time here, but, but I feel like we could talk about this for fucking hours. Oh, yeah. um, and I, and I feel like maybe this isn't the last time that we'll talk about this kind of stuff. I, mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like there's, there's definitely room for like a part two. Um, yeah, I mean, there are any of these layers. You could have a whole podcast about one of these healthy behaviors or 100%. one of these unhealthy behaviors or yeah. one situation or one TV show that we just dissect. It's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say thank you so much because uh, it really means a lot to to see the work that uh, One Love Foundation is doing. And uh, speaking of that, how can people stay up to date? How can people get involved? How can people yeah. find One Love Foundation? Yeah, great. So our website is joinonelove.org. And then we also have, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at joinonelove. What's awesome is that we have a blog with tons and tons and tons of resources on, you know, there's a blog specifically about gaslighting. There's a blog specifically about, you know, a certain TV show. So that's something I recommend people checking out. And then also people can engage in many different ways. They can be trained to be a facilitator of any of our workshops. They can view our online videos or or content. So I definitely recommend Mm. that people go to joinonelove.org and, uh, and check it out. Well, again, thank you for taking your time, and uh, we look forward to to doing this again with you sometime soon. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love that. Thank you, guys. Thanks for modeling such a healthy relationship between the three of you. It's so fun to see. Yeah. Like any healthy relationship, <laughs> yeah. it always needs work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, You're not wrong there. <laughs> refreshed that was wonderful it's a it's like a lovely refreshing uh uh crisp cool summer drink that conversation that's the way i I remind you that there's that there's always work to be done though too yeah there's always work to be be a better partner to be a better friend to be a better um employee employer there's there's always work to be done and so thank you uh melanie and thank you one love foundation for all the work you're doing and and hopefully continue to do for a long freaking time folks that is it we're gonna be out of here for a couple of weeks uh but we will be back like i said in september uh hope you are all doing so well and continue to 
And uh, Asterisk shows are still going to be released. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you're not going to notice a goddamn thing. Um, All right. I love you, boys. I love you guys, too. too. I was, no, sorry. I was talking to all the boys that listen to the podcast. I love you. I love, all, I love all you boys out there listening. Um, all right. That, uh, you made it weird. Yeah. All right. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.